Well, Merry Christmas. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this, but I definitely am. So introverts, brace yourself, okay? You've been warned. All the introverts are like, ah. Extroverts, look at somebody who looks like an introvert and just enthusiastically tell them Merry Christmas. Introverts, introverts, just keep looking forward and ignore them. They'll go away, okay? They'll just, they'll go away. Just Merry Christmas on Wednesday. It is December 25th. It is the day that our children have been waiting for when they get to rush downstairs and open up that brand new Xbox. (laughs) The parents are like, don't speak on my behalf. He's not getting an Xbox. It wasn't that good this year. Okay, okay. Um, You know, during the first week of the series that we're in, I talked about how much I love Christmas. And I do love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. Uh, I can confess to you now because we're all in the holiday spirit. I was listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. I'm going to just let you know that 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 was me. I was that guy. Um, I love Christmas smells. I love, as I mentioned, the music. And I just love everything about Christmas. But I know that some of you don't. Judd. Judd's, all his Instagram stories are how much Christmas is a pain in the butt to him. And some of you, he's a saint, sort of. Everyone just, I did did not know I was going to get that reaction. Uh, He loves Christmas. He's just a little cynical. But some of you can relate, right? It's a spectrum. Some of you, they're like, Christmas is awesome, and you can't wait, and every year you look forward to it. And when it snows on Halloween, like it did this year, you might have put on a Christmas CD. Just me? Okay. So I did that this year because I was getting in the mood of, of Christmas. But some of you, you say, well, you know, Christmas, it's just okay. And I want to acknowledge that. And I think that the reason is that there are really two Christmases every year that happen on the same day. There is the Christmas I want, and there is the Christmas I get. Can you guys relate to that? The Christmas I want, which is awesome and exciting, and has all my favorite food and my favorite people. And then there's the Christmas I get, which is I don't get the stuff I want, I'm with people that I don't really like, and things went wrong. Think, I had this whole thing planned out in my mind of how it was going to go, and it went wrong. Can you guys relate? Two Christmases, and we get them on the same day every year. Maybe a little bit of elements of both, or a little bit more of what I actually got this year, and a little bit less of what I want. Um, actually, this is, I, I want to illustrate it like this. There's the Christmas I want. This is an ornament. It's got a nice little church on it. It's kind of, oh, that's cute, right? Um, it only costs a couple bucks. I wanted to buy an ornament to show you. The Christmas I want looks like this ornament. And this ornament looks fantastic on a tree. Like this ornament by itself, not so much. But you put it with some lights, and you put it with some tree, and you put some presents under that tree, and you light a candle that smells like evergreen. Because, you, you know, we got the fake tree, so we got to smell like it's evergreen, like it's a real one. And, um, and it looks perfect. The Christmas I want is right after Thanksgiving because I got to wait till after Thanksgiving because my family insists we wait till after Thanksgiving to celebrate Christmas. Right after Thanksgiving, we turn the radio on to Christmas music. We go out shopping on Black Friday. We buy presents, go Cyber Monday shopping. We wrap those presents, put the tree up, put the lights up, put a Christmas movie on in the background. Yes, we got the Christmas music and a Christmas movie playing at the same time. And I love it. And I've mentioned before, and some of you know that I've got two little boys 
They're celebrating their second and fourth birthdays this week. Elijah on the 24th and Oliver on the 30th. So we had a party for them yesterday. And we got to play Christmas music in the background at their birthday party. I mean, this is such a great time of year. On Friday night, we went out with some friends to the zoo lights, which were awesome. We've driven through Olin Park twice to look at all the Christmas lights. My family loves Christmas. See, that's the Christmas I want. I want my kids to be excited on Christmas morning when they're opening their presents, and I want them to play all day until they pass out. I want them to watch as much TV as they want. I want them to have the greatest time ever. And as a parent, that's what I'm working for, and and that's the Christmas I want. No matter your background, no matter your story, no matter you know what country you're from and you moved here, or maybe you grew up in Madison, no matter what, I imagine that everyone kind of knows the Christmas that they want. And maybe if you've never even had the Christmas you want, but in your mind, you know the Christmas that you want. Now let's talk about the other side, because there is another side. There's the Christmas we get. And oftentimes, that's what it feels like, isn't it? That was a really nice ornament, very picturesque. And we start talking about all the smells and things that I see, and it's so exciting. And then something happens. You get little pieces here and there. And it takes the wind and the breath and the air right out of the room. Because you know what I'm saying. You turn on the news this morning or last week or last year or the last five years. And you know that our world is war-torn. And that violence is everywhere. The United States, we're in a war with Afghanistan. It's actually the longest war in American history is the one going on right now in Afghanistan. It's not just wars that the United States are involved with. There's a war right now in Ukraine with Russia. It's not just that war. There's civil wars. There are countries at war with themselves, like in Libya. And just because the, the war is happening overseas doesn't mean that we don't feel that war at home with all of the violence that we see about and hear about and read about all the time. All of this war and violence has led to what might be the greatest refugee crisis in the history of the world. People fleeing war-torn countries. And this refugee crisis leads to political division. What do we do with these refugees? Do we let them in? Or should we take care of our own people first? What do we do? Who has the answer? What's the right answer? Is there a perfect plan? And it's not just out there, but in your own lives. There's not just a war happening out there in the streets, but there's a war happening in your own house. And maybe it's a relationship with a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And it starts to feel like this broken ornament where you got a piece here and they got a piece there and there's a piece there and it's all over the floor. And it's not just your relationships. Maybe it's your finances. I really want my kids to have this amazing Christmas, but what they don't know is that finances are so tight this year. What they don't know is that Americans, you and me and the people you're sitting next to all over, we are crippled by debt. And I'm not talking about debt always that comes with a credit card and poor spending habits. I'm talking about you went to college 
Because you were told to go to college and you were told to take the classes and that you'd come out and you'd get a good job and what you got was $100,000 worth of debt and a minimum wage job. You're crippled by that. Okay, you didn't go to college. In this country, over 500,000 people will file for bankruptcy because they get sick this year. Because they're diagnosed with cancer or something else. And they can't pay the bills. So they got to file bankruptcy. There are all these financial stressors. There are these relational stressors. Maybe you're physically ill. Maybe you're mentally ill. Maybe this time of year, it's a little bit cloudier, a little bit darker. Nights are long. And maybe in this season, you don't know what peace is. You heard me praying about peace. You're like, what's that? You heard me talking about stress, and you're like, I'm always stressed and anxious, and depressed. And it's not just an adult problem. It's a student problem, whether you're in college, high school, middle school. We've seen in this city the effects of suicide and how one person who takes their own life leads to somebody else, which leads to somebody else. And now we have families and friends who this year have to celebrate Christmas without someone for the first time in a long time because they took their own lives. It's not just the older kids, but it's the little kids too. Those of you with little kids know that bullying is terrible. And the emotional and physical harm that can be done because of bullying. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes the person who's doing the bullying is coming from an abusive or neglectful home. And that's not to justify the behavior of the bully, but it's to say full spectrum, the world is such a broken place. We had the Christmas that we wanted, but that's the Christmas that we got. And I think that we decorate our homes and we try to for some of us, we, we live in a bubble, kind of, and we want to put the nice nativity scene out where Mary and Joseph are wearing their, like, sparkling white robes, and there's, like, one sheep neatly placed in the hay, and there's a bright white star, and there are angels flying in the sky. But that's just a delusion. That's not the Christmas Jesus got. Jesus was born in a manger Because the Roman Empire was killing every child under the age of two. It was infant genocide. All the kids under two, they were going around killing. So Mary and Joseph, as refugees, fled. Running for their lives because of this horrific Roman Empire. And nobody was doing good back then. Everyone was poor. A lot poorer than we are today. Even those of us with the medical debts or the student debt, these people were a lot poorer than us. And then they had the Roman Empire that was taxing them like crazy, and it didn't give them social benefits at all. They weren't going to help you buy your groceries. They weren't going to help you pay for your rent or the utility bill. They weren't going to do any of that. Your taxes went to paying the machine. The Roman machine, which existed to conquer and take over the entire world. The money that they came and took from you was never going to come back into your city, your community to do good. It was going to be to take over the north, to take over the south, to take over the east. 
And so all of these people in Jesus' time and era are broke and oppressed underneath this horrible Roman Empire. See, that's the world that God came into. It wasn't shiny white robes with angels all over the sky and a picture-perfect scene. It was messy. He was born in a manger, a farm, a petting zoo. That is where the Son of God comes into the world. Aren't you guys glad you came this morning? Feeling very encouraged at this point. Let's change the pace a little bit. Here's what everyone in the room needs to hear. This is what's important. In the middle of the Christmas they wanted and the Christmas they got came the God they needed. In the middle of the Christmas they wanted and the Christmas they got came the God that they needed. And we've been doing this study, we call it Above All Names, and we're talking about a prophecy that happened hundreds of years before Jesus was born in Isaiah 9-6, in which it reads, For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And throughout this entire series, we've been focusing on the adjective, Yes, God is a counselor. Yes, God is God. Yes, God is our father. Yes, God is a prince. But what kind is he? Well, he's everlasting. He's not temporary. He's forever. He has power. He is mighty. He fills us with wonder. And today we're talking about the prince of peace. And when I say the word peace, I imagine that everyone in their mind has a definition of peace. You know, or you think you know, what could happen, and you would have peace. If I just could pay this off, if I just got this promotion, if I could just get a new job, if, 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 if. But the thing is, is all of you would define peace differently than the person you're sitting next to. You would define it differently, and the reason is, is because we don't really know what peace is. We just know we want it. Every person in the room knows that they want peace, even though we're not quite sure what gives us real peace. And in this passage, when we're talking about the Prince of Peace, we're talking about the Prince of a Hebrew word called Shalom. And this Hebrew word for Shalom is dynamic, and it is very complex, and it means a lot of things. But when we hear peace, you might think, oh, it means there's no conflict, there's no confrontation. And that's not so. Shalom is peace in the confrontation. Shalom is peace in the conflict. Every person here could define peace differently, but shalom is something that we can all define together. It doesn't matter what's going on out here. Shalom doesn't mean, and the Prince of Peace doesn't mean, that you're not going to have a bad day, that you're not going to get fired from your job, that you're not going to get sick. Shalom doesn't mean any of that. But shalom means that whatever is that's going on out here, you have a peace in here. That your peace isn't circumstantial. That your peace doesn't depend on on what happened and who said what, but that my peace comes from a place of within where it doesn't matter what's going on out in the world, what I see on the news, what's going on at home, what's happened in the past, but that the peace comes from within. That I'm going to be solid and grounded no matter what comes my way. Shalom makes 
life complete. Shalom brings people together. Shalom mends what's fractured. Shalom is about having inner stability when everything on the outside is anything but. 2,000 years ago in the middle or in between the Christmas they wanted and the Christmas they got came the God they needed. And that's the message for you today. In the middle of the Christmas you want and the Christmas you're going to get in a few days comes the God you need. 2,000 years ago, he came, the Prince of Peace, not just for one generation, but for all generations. He came for all of us to give us peace. Jesus says in John 14, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. God can heal your broken heart. I don't know if it was a parent a long time ago or a boss this week or something a kid said to you, your kid, because the words that our kids use against us can hurt. But God can mend your broken heart. God can restore your dreams. In kindergarten, we all have big dreams. We want to be this or that. I wanted to play quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, that didn't work out. And a lot of times as we grow up, what we end up doing is just giving up on our dreams and settling for a plan. But God can restore your dreams. God can mend the relationships, no matter how deep the cut. And God can unite us. God's peace works in two ways. And the first way is that it works for you. God's peace works for you. If you're willing to accept it. I've got a friend who goes to church here. Her name is Brittany. She's actually down the hallway right now in the nursery taking care of some of our kids. But Brittany has a story of coming from a place of conflict and going to a place of peace. Let's watch that video. I really appreciate Brittany's willingness to stand on this stage last month and to share her story. She talked about how a year ago it was really dark. And I'm not talking about outside. You guys know what I'm saying. When it gets dark in here, when your situation just seems dark, everything just feels dark. Now, Brittany says since she came here, she feels happier that there's light. And I can tell you, because I know Brittany personally, that 2019 has been a very difficult year for her and her family. She didn't win the lottery. She didn't get the promotion. It wasn't because her circumstances and situations out there changed. It's because Brittany got connected to the God in here. And the God in here became the God in here. And the God in here gives her peace no matter what's going on out there. And that peace is for you too. Whether it is your 100th time with us or your first time with us, God's peace is for you today. You don't have to walk around stressed out, burned out, anxious, this or that. You don't have to. But it comes down to a choice. And if you don't want to feel the worry that the rest of the world is feeling, then you got to do something the rest of the world isn't doing. What do I mean by that? Well, I'm sure if you have worry and if you're stressed out and super anxious, I'm sure, and I'm sure because I have, have you talked to your doctor? And have they tried different medications, right? 
Does this work? Does that help? If it doesn't help, let us know and stop taking it right away. And you find one that kind of helps. Well, maybe I need more of a dosage. No, the more dosage kind of messed it up. Bring it back down. Bring it back down. And some of you have tried medicine and are still on it, and that's okay. I am too. Can I be vulnerable with you? Me too, okay? But you've tried this and that, and you've been on the medicine, and maybe it's a few weeks, a few months. Maybe for you it's been a few years. You still don't feel that peace that you want. So you go to the therapist. That's awesome. My undergrad is in psychology. I went to grad school to do counseling. I absolutely believe in therapy and how I believe that it works and works well. But some of you are taking the medicine and you're going to the therapist and keep doing those things. But you still don't feel the peace that you're longing for. So stop doing what the rest of the world is doing and try something different. If you want to feel differently, do something different. And it starts with having a commitment to growing a relationship with God. First, it starts with the acceptance. Can you, right now, in this moment, accept not only that Jesus is God, Jesus is Lord, but can you agree? Can you walk in his footsteps? The call isn't just to believe that Jesus is Lord, but it is the call is to follow him. Could today be the moment where you say, I want to get serious about my peace in 2020. I want to be, when I get to the end of 2020, I don't care if I weigh less, I want to have less stress. And it's going to start by having a serious commitment to following Jesus and doing what he says. It's not just about believing the right things or saying the right things, but it's about following him. And watch how that peace, that gift from God, permeates the rest of your life. It's not, I'm not going to promise that your life isn't going to be um, still things going wrong. I'm not going to promise that you're not going to have conflict with that crazy uncle at Thanksgiving next year. You will have all of those things, but you will have a peace to pull through and push through when those things do come up. There's a peace to you, and maybe that's where you're at right now. That's the decision you need to make. I need to not just believe in God, but I need to follow him, and I need to rearrange some things in my life so I can start cashing in on that peace. And perhaps you're already there. So there's a second thing. And if, that, if I'm talking to you now, you have to let the peace flow through you. So some of you have made that decision. You're following Jesus to the best of your ability. Awesome. Hallelujah. High fives. Great. Fantastic. But are you letting the peace now flow through you? In John 16, Jesus says, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace with me. Now he gives you the warning. He says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus himself says, I'm going to give you a peace that the world can't understand, but you're still going to have sorrow and trouble. So there's no false advertising. He's there. But now as followers of Jesus, we have to let the peace flow through us. And I'll tell you how you can't do that. You can't let the peace flow through you if in the morning you wake up and you go into your garage and you pull your car out of the garage and you drive to work and you talk to two or three coworkers and it's only about work and then you come back home and you park your car back in the garage inside your gated community or your fenced-in yard and you turn on Netflix until you fall asleep and you do it again the next day. You can't let the peace flow through you like that. If you're going to let the peace flow through you, that means you have to be a person at work. That means you have to talk about things. 
doesn't mean you avoid things. It means you're real about the things that you're going through. If you want peace in your home, be a good neighbor. If you want peace in your home, surround yourself with other people who are trying to get the same thing. Look around you. We're all in this room right now. We're curious. We're here for a reason. And maybe that's all it is right now. It's just that we're just curious. Or we came to church because it's the Sunday before Christmas, and that's what you're supposed to do, and that's okay. But whatever the reason is, can we make a decision that I don't want to just be the landing spot for God's peace, but I'm going to let it flow through me that I'm going to be present, that I'm going to be attentive to the people around me. Whether this week turns out to be the Christmas you want or the Christmas you get, will you please... Let it be the Christmas where you find and follow the God you need. Would you do that? Receive the peace that God has for you first. And then let it flow through you. In Luke 1, verses 78 and 79, Zechariah prophesied about Jesus. He says, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in the darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Jesus is the light that breaks through heaven to show us the path to peace. Will we walk on that path or will we stay where we're at and look at it and say, boy, that'd be nice. I would encourage you, challenge you, invite you, whatever it is to stop standing and to start walking.